0: This thing on. If you like rock music, fun, metal, or blues, then you've come to the right place because we like you too. It's sound check. It's sound check.
1: It's sound check. Check, check, check. Uh, I, I love it. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh hey. shit! Oh. That's a
2: good. That's a good tune. That's that's pretty that's, cool. Yeah, we should. Uh, what's the the sh- uh, the show we do? We should do it. We talk about it on that.
3: Uh oh! <laughs> we got to record soundcheck today. That's right. That's right. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. My name's Michael Livingston. I'm joined by a uh, couple of good old boys here. Uh. I'm Brody. Brody. Oh, shit. (laughs) I am Ben. And today, we're having a lazy start to this Sunday, because we're talking about some lazy music. Yeah, bad music. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're talking about some of our favorite music ever created. That just so happens to fall into the 90s slacker rock category. It says a
2: lot, I think, uh, that that our Venn diagrams align in this place, because very often... They do not align.
3: It's true. The the three of us come from uh, different uh, cloths of just liking particular music genres. But yet at the same time, somewhere along the line, we all fell in love with Pavement, Silver Jews, the Pavement multiverse, if you will, with, you know, just all of those characters and what they brought to the table in the 90s. And it's I don't know. I don't know what it is about the music. But something about uh you know just uh, listening and turning on some pavement when you're lazing around and don't really intend on doing anything just brings us together,
2: yeah, uh, mm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Ben was when was the first time uh you listened to pavement because you I mean this was something you discovered kind of after. We had met, right? I think so. Yeah. Well, Brody, so this is a college discovery for you. Yeah,
2: definitely. Brody and I were just talking about it before the show. I think I had uh, a similarly enlightening experience with a very deep cut, uh, as a lot of people did. "Harness Your Hopes" was probably the first Pavement song I heard, mm-hmm. which apparently, according to what Brody and I were just talking about, is kind of a all thanks to the Spotify algorithm. Oh yeah, yeah
4: I read on the "Harness Your Hope" genius thing is that like "Harness Your Hopes" prior to streaming was like the deepest of deep cuts mm-hmm. like it was a b-side to spit on a stranger which you'll hear us go over later um, but um, it was a b-side to spit on a stranger and like it was so deep that like Steve Malcolmist did not recognize it playing in a coffee shop one time <laughs> and then for whatever reason just the Spotify algorithm like the autoplay feature or something just like shot it up to be to make it their most popular song
3: that's insane. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention the uh, the traction on TikTok that th- that song has unfortunately gotten.
2: Yeah. That is recent. I guess the only thing that we can... We, we can be happy that more people are hearing it.
3: Yeah.
2: And it's actually a full song, unlike lots of songs that blow up on TikTok, which is like, here's a good chorus and then the rest is filler.
3: Right. Do you feel like Pavement, Silver Juice, and that whole mythos of people get left out in the... Co- in- the conversation
2: about nineties alternative rock. Um, I don't know if I would say left out fully, but I would say definitely not pavement. No, Mm -hmm. definitely not pavement. I I'd say they're hard to categorize
3: when, when, when standing up to grunge and, and the new metal that we would see then and, and all those different kinds of emergence, I guess, coming after the fall of grunge, um, you know, would you say pavement kinda rises to the top of the ranks in all conversations, or is it kinda something that you have to be in the know of nineties music to understand?
4: Well I think I think honestly, I think in um I think in the nineties you kinda I think like in the eighties like alternative and indie were kind of just synonymous with each other. Yeah. And I think you kinda hear this split where like alternative music alternative music in the 90s like it's that stuff kind of like on the lithium Sirius XM channel where it's like it's kind darker of, and it's grungier, it's darkier it's know. kind of more based in punk and metal and then I think you see like indie rock in the 90s kind of taking a more inspiration from like uh,
2: post-punk or like power pop or jangle or stuff like right. that Right? there's a lot more joy to Pavement's music than uh, a band like Nirvana which you also will hear later yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, and that—that's—that's that's what sets them apart, and I think that's what could potentially turn people off. Mm-hmm. Is the the there's a bit of whimsy with Pavement's music. <laughs> with the word whimsy, makes me think of like a Prague album, Mr. that's Like All <laughs> Fantasy, Mister Megorium's Wonder Emporium. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I, I think it's just too. It's, it's too happy to be in like that total mainstream conversation right mm-hmm. where it's like everyone like uh, the vast majority of music people know about pavement, but it's not like it's not like your nirvanas, your sound gardens right things but like that right
4: they're they're but they're more cut from the same cloth of people who like like um built the spill, modest mouse guided by voices, Sebado,
2: kind of stuff like yeah that. there's that whole area I, I think it's you have to be okay with people kind of having fun and playing around and maybe not taking their music as seriously as some of those bigger bands who are really trying to make huge statements. Like I think pavement will make a statement now and uh, now and again, but Mm. that's not really the goal. Especially. Do you know about their last show Mm -mm. in 99? I do not. Oh, um,
4: Steve Malcolm handcuffed himself to a microphone and was like, this is what being in a
2: band is like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so usually not that edgy, but obviously they had their moments. Right. Um, Well, it sounds like this is just going to
3: be a a nice, normal, lazy afternoon talking about some music that we love, I suppose. Oh, my God. What's happening?
4: Oh, my God. What? What was that?
2: Where are we? Are we in the pavement verse? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe my eyes. I wish we had video for this episode.
4: <laughs> There's sidewalks and streets <laughs> everywhere.
2: Everything's made of pavement. <laughs> oh my is, gosh. That, is is that Thanos? <laughs>
5: You must,
2: you must collect the f- fucking six uh, or five, uh, five and a half, five and a half pavement multi-stones or something.
3: Is that the only way we can escape That's this That's the realm? only way
2: you can escape this realm.
3: Okay. Well,
4: I guess we're on our quest to, to find all the stones.
3: Well, I guess we have to take our...
2: We have to start where it all think, began. I don't think that was Thanos by the way.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what voice you were doing. <laughs> I don't know who you that should was have gone for the head.
2: There's just some bald guy. <laughs> I think it was uh Oh fuck. Who's that? Uh I think it was Black Francis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh
2: my god! Um, so I I don't really know what that means, but I guess we have to. Got to go on an adventure. We have to. We, we have to, to complete the quest here. We have to go on a, an adventure through the the, the pavement like multiverse. The, the tw- it's, it's like fifteen realms of the pavement multiverse or something.
3: Yeah. Well, I guess the only way to uh, to start this kind of like Avengers Endgame is go back to where it all began. God, we In are such right. good
4: world builders. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, like a couple of uh college boys on the mics right now. pavement is a band that came together through academia, isn't that correct then?
2: That's right, University of Virginia. Um and this is where one of, where, this is where all of our players really come into question. Um you have Bob Nasanovich, Stephen Malcolmus and uh David Berman mm-hmm. um all going to U- to UVA together uh and goofing around try starting a band called ectoslavia uh which is supposed to sound like some like obscure european country mm-hmm. um and uh, recording songs into answering machines recording songs into uh the answering machine of uh thurston moore yeah and kim gordon uh Apparently, that's how they recorded their first songs. They called them and then left answering machine (laughs) messages of their songs. (laughs) But just making super lo-fi. Very lo-fi. Super duper lo-fi recordings. uh, And this band will eventually split um, into, in part, uh, Pavement, in part Silver Jews, David Berman's mostly solo project. And then I think there were some other... There's a couple others, but I don't
4: really think they're like of huge importance. Yeah. I think,
2: I think in that, yeah, in that early band, there might have been a few other people who went who went on to do famous things in other bands, but we're not worried about that. Right. So just like the Big Bang split the Infinity Stones,
3: Thurston Moore's answering machine split, was, yeah, split, was... split this group of slacker rockers the into, uh, yeah, a huge collection
2: of wonderful music. So, oh my gosh. We're in the slanted and enchanted realm, and look over here. I just found Thurston Moore's lost answering machine. (laughs) Wow, this place is crazy. Uh, Brody, I think we should talk about slanted and 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 enchanted. All right. Uh, (coughs) They don't call me Brody
4: slanted and enchanted Britain. Well, we know why they call
2: you slanted. Oh. Because of the... (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say you have an appendage that goes one direction more than the other. Mhm. <laughs> Brody, you
3: have a fuzzy beard. So why don't you tell us about this fuzzy album? All right, so Slanted and Enchanted,
4: that is this is the basically most of the world's introduction to pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, should we start with the song and then talk about it or I'd like to hear a little music if All right. I don't mind. Okay. Well, here's this here is Summer Bay but the winter version. So that's, that's kind of the sound that's going, that's kind of going throughout the whole record. This this is, I think this is like the only album, I think, that really retains their lo-fi-ness at, like this much. Yeah. Um, While it isn't as lo-fi as like if you listen to like their super early stuff or even like the S- Silver Jew's early stuff, like there's like, it has like those kind of like sharp guitars you can only like record on just like not high fidelity stuff mm-hmm. and like it's all fuzzy and like it's kind of peaking and <laughs> like the vocals are very kind of low in the mix but uh i personally like this album a lot i think it's really cool that it's very much all over the place i think you have songs like that that are very structured and like just are a bit fuzzier right, but right. then you have stuff like flamethrower or perfume v that are just like balls
3: to the wall, noisy, kind of weird stuff. Right. So it take us back to nineteen ninety two. Sonically, what was this album's main traits that made it new and refreshing? Because at this point we had already experienced the era of Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr., that kind of stuff. What exactly about this album changed the game? I think
4: I think well so it came out in what, ninety two? Right. Yeah. Um I think, you know, at this at this we're already at the height of grunge mm-hmm. and I think what's interesting is that I, I, w- I would think that at least like people like Nirvana and like Pavement would definitely have similar interests and influences. Right. But I guess I think what really made this really interesting is that like Sonic Youth to a fault takes themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think it's in a lot of the indie alternative lo-fi people of the 80s very much were like, you know, as much as I love a lot of the stuff, as much as I love Sonic Youth, very much kind of came off as these pretentious, holier-than-thou people. right And I think it's it was kind of refreshing at the time after seeing these dark and gloomy, depressing bands get to the top and also just the indie scene at large kind of taking itself way too seriously. These guys taking these lo-fi and fuzzy noises... Um, and just kind of having fun with using it. them for good. Using yeah. I guess using them for good, <laughs> yeah. um, and just like not taking themselves too seriously, and kind of also just having like these kind of not surreal but
2: very unique lyrics. And I think there's something to be said too uh, for kind of the dichotomy of uh, so you think of those darker indie bands in mm-hmm. the context of the 80s, and right. think about what 80s pop music sounded like. And then if you think about the way that popular music and how alternative music started to become a lot more popular mm-hmm. l- as we went into the 90s, it's uh, Pavement's kind of providing a counterpoint to that. It's sort of like the poles switched a little bit.
3: Right. Yeah. I think we can also, if we had, if we could, we would dedicate an entire episode just to talk about how different Stephen Malcolm's voice sounds compared to all of the other alternative acts of the time. I mean, this very much sounded like a youthful teenager that didn't have uh, the vocal prowess that you know maybe uh i mean granted thurston moore and, and jay mascus aren't the greatest vocalists ever but this is like a very squeaky sort of like voice cracking pubescent pubescent yeah something that like <laughs> i really think any sort of uh you know alt teenager could relate to and and really think like This is something I could replicate. This is something I could sing along to. And not to mention these sounds are being used in a fun and energetic way that I've never heard before. So, yeah, I think like what you guys are saying, all of that together comes and slanted and, or yeah,
2: slanted and chanted is created out of that. Yeah. And, uh, I don't, I think we'll talk about all the albums and then, the one we'll, we'll pick one and that'll be the first that'll be the paved infinity stone <laughs> <laughs> uh, or i guess the
3: next one's an ep but this yes. is really good this uh, is a fantastic ep and to the untrained year the this is cut from the same cloth as slanted and enchanted which of course is not a bad thing as you just heard this was a game-changing record but it's just as noisy lo-fi and quintessential to indie rock uh i think it's purpose was to give you the taste of slanted and enchanted and what pavement was at the time in just a short 10 minute spurt. And it's also the last release featuring uh, Gary young on drums, which we could talk about uh, the drumming on these records for a while too, um, which gives it a pretty unique identity. Um, The first song and the first noise you're going to hear is just this like blaring siren of just static and noise on Texas never whispers, which, uh, Maybe we can uh, destroy some headphones in the process, Ben. Let's go. Stay To me, what makes this EP stand out from anything else, any other EP released in the 90s, is that it really is just, it could be considered an album with the the climax it reaches, the highs and lows, and the journey that you're sent on just as a listener. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not only one of Pavement's best package releases of this era, but it I seriously think it might be one of the best EPs of the 90s. It's so freaking good. Uh, watery domestic do not skip on this one but uh would, out of the four songs do you guys have a favorite for me it would definitely be text texas never whispers it's just so reminiscent of the like the sound building that sonic youth was doing it called this whole thing calls back to like sort of velvet underground-y yeah. like uh, experimentation as well do you guys have a favorite track
2: um i i basic, but I would have to say Front Words. Yeah. Front Words is mm-hmm. good enough that it ended up on their greatest hits. Yes. Um, and, yeah, deservedly so.
3: I mean, yeah, I think you guys picked my two favorites, so. Don't. Yeah. An EP, a fresh EP that everyone should check
2: out. A certified fresh. Certified Freak. pavement Seven classic. Seven days a week. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of classics, uh, the next thing we're going to be going to Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, L.A.'s Desert Origins. Oh. Um, this is the album that really first put pavement on the map, specifically with Cut Your Hair, which was pretty big on MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to play that one, uh, but I am going to play a little bit of Gold Sounds.
0: Go back to those gold sounds And keep my advent to yourself Because it's nothing I don't like Is it a crisis or a boy? When it's central, so essential It has a nice ring when you laugh At the low life opinions And they're coming to the chorus now I keep my address
2: And I think I think it's pretty safe to say that this their second album is really when the band hits their stride commercially as well, definitely commercially and definitely just artistically. Like this, as we were talking about, slanted Slanted and enchanted is great, but it definitely has a little more like a schizophrenic nature Mm -hmm. to the types of songs. Uh, This still is varied, but it kind of draws everything closer to a point. Yes, Um, this was the first. Pavement album that I really got into, um, which just makes a lot of sense for me. I think there's this really deep yearning melancholy to a lot of this music. It's also it's great, uh, like biking or skateboarding music. I think because mm. um, there's this this insistent nature even to to the slower songs, um, and I think this is probably. This is this is the album that gets closest to like sort of a twangy country kind of thing for them and the closest Malcolus got until uh, 2018 when he really hit the country thing hard um, but yeah this if if not to spoil anything but crooked rain crooked rain might still be my favorite pavement album mmm the first it's just always been there it's for me a,
3: it's undoubtedly a masterpiece I mean it shows critically with the reviews that came out at the time and that's and how it still holds up to this day I mean cut your hair is still a just certified classic
2: yeah it's a great it's a great record because the songs work well together but you can pull the vast majority out and put them on a playlist or listen to them recreationally without yeah. having to listen to the whole record.
3: I think it just fits so well with the with the time as well. Just early 90s, you can hear 90s mm-hmm.
2: in this album,
3: just in the recording, the mixing. And like you're saying, the skateboarding, biking aspect of it, you can imagine like backwards hats uh, and Kool-Aid drinking and hanging out at a skate park listening right. to this and
2: album. It, yeah, it's, I'd say if I had to th- synthesize it, this album sounds like... A good time, but it sounds like you can't be there. You know, like you're you you just you're have not cool to, enough you're, to be you're there. Rele, you're relegated <laughs> to remembering or imagining mm-hmm. what it might have been like to have been there.
3: I like that. I like that a lot. Any thoughts on this one, Brody?
4: Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think the first three, honestly, any of them could be a contender for my favorite. But this is this is obviously really good. I think this one it's very clear. And not for not as a bad thing that they cleaned up their sound a lot. Like there definitely is like fuzzier moments, but I think this one, I think this one is probably the more most slackery, of, yeah. of them all, because like I feel like Slanted and is a little too abrasive to be kind of dubbed as slacker rock, while this one like isn't, and like Wowie Zowie is kind of a little too weird mm-hmm. at, at at points. Well, I think this one is like. Especially since, like, they they made a challenge of themselves only to do the songs in maximum two takes. Right. So, Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites.
2: It it has that, like, Neil Young-esque kind of freshness to it, Mm -hmm. where it's clearly not worked very hard, but that's for the betterment of the songs. Yes.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, Shall we continue?
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Wowie, goes, zowie. wowie zowie! Wowie zowie! Something is it's, happening. Something's happening. What? Look over there. What just happened over there? Something well. pavement related just happened over there. What happened? Uh. <laughs> There's a giant guitar flying. Okay. By. Fine.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I hope y'all are liking this narrative that we're making on the spot. Yes. Wowie zowie, which is what I'm going to talk about now. Released in 1995. Nowie. Now, yeah, I'm going to talk about Wowie Zowie right nowie. Howie, and, hungry Howies. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to be the most fun album to talk about because of much of the band have been doing their own multiversal travel at this point. And like <laughs> when they helped Berman with the Silver Jew's uh, Starlight Walker, mm-hmm. and after making Crooked Rain, their most commercial and accessible LP, Wowie Zowie completely turned that on its head to be... The Everything in the Kitchen Sink experimental album for this band, uh, which makes it a top-tier contender for me, and I'm sure it is for you boys as well. It makes some of the band's best, but also some of its worst material because of just how much it was thrown at the wall. Um, the length of the album, I think, was the first thing I paid attention to because we're, we're finally over an hour now with all these songs uh, filling three sides of a record. So And the fourth side, I think they just left blank uh-huh. on commercial release. Um, so that was one of the first things I noticed. You get a lot of strange, unpredictable melodies thanks to Bryce uh, Gogan, Goggin at the mixing desk. Uh, you hear some unique influences from folk western. We're, mm-hmm. we're leaning more into that. Yeah, And we're going to talk about that more, I think, when we get into David Berman's material. But that... The, the country, folk, western, that aesthetic is important to the these the series of artists here. And you hear that all over this record. And upon release, it didn't get nearly as close to the critical reception as Crooked Rain received. But even at the time, many critics praised Malcolmus for some of his best lyrics to date. Um, I... Really, truly love listening to these songs specifically for the lyrical material. It is so surreal, psychedelic, and just fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now the album's regarded as a masterpiece. Uh, A lot of, like, hardcore music critics put this at the top um, for just being, you know, that experimental step that Pavement needed after a commercial release. Um, you got some pretty good singles. Rattle by the rush is a favorite of mine. Uh, Father to a sister of thought is also good. Um, but then you got some true noise rock going on here as well, calling back to you know slanted and enchanted era and all those uh, bands that they were inspired by. So if you listen to track like Serpentine Pad yeah. and Best Friend's Arm, like those are those are both very noisy songs. Um, mm-hmm. I think we could dedicate a whole episode talking about Grounded. Um, just as a fucking song, this was the song that helped me fall in love with pavement. It wasn't "Harness Your Hopes." The first time I heard "Harness Your Hopes," I actually didn't like it. it took think, me a lot of I listens. I remember that? Yeah, it took me a lot of listens to get into that. But "Grounded" was exactly what I needed with that sort of dissonant, ringing guitars. Um, I read some reviews calling that song "The Barstool Blues" or "Gimme Shelter" of indie rock, and I that's that's a thing I can totally get behind. I mean, it's haunting and sludgy and. Moody and every I think that that song is everything pavement has built up to this point. So without further ado, let's let's give it a listen.
2: First time you heard that song, Ben. I think uh, maybe when we were in quarantine, um, or maybe it might have been, I think it was right before then. Mm -hmm. I think it was that December. Oh, yeah. I was listening through, we'd just, we'd gotten done with school and I was listening through more Pavement stuff because I was familiar with Crooked Rain, but I was listening to other stuff. And I heard this, uh, which now for me has all, will always be a Christmas song. (laughs) Because it says holiday once, and I kind of imagine, uh, like, being snowed in at the airport is mm-hmm. what is what this song makes me think of. Um, but I heard this, and I learned uh, alter, alternate tuning ah. for me. I learned how to play it um, and just played it over and over again that entire winter break. I just couldn't get enough of it. And that riff, that riff after the lyrics stop... I could listen to a loop of that riff forever. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of something like that you'd play, Brody. Oh, thank you. I can I can hear. the the influence listen to bonus era by the way (laughs) oh yeah
4: (laughs) oh i was actually gonna bring up something uh you can hear a pitch shifted version of the opening
2: riff on weezer type (laughs) b that is true (laughs) yeah that i don't know so i do i guess i haven't talked about this i have a rap career uh, (laughs) (laughs) career (laughs) i have a rap yeah i have a rap ep and an album on soundcloud under uh young meat beta young meat beta is paying the bills that's the yes, that's paying the, yeah. the bills. The right. rock and roll is kindness, Texas is a luxury, right? That's that's, like, fund, yeah. that's if, funded uh, there by there. Would route.
3: be no kindness, Texas, without Young know, me that. that's
2: MWETBETA <laughs> um, <laughs> on SoundCloud, but yeah, we we, we worked on a, a Weezer based uh, beat for that that might get used at some point.
3: Wowie zowie, we are off track. So, Brody, what did you think of the album? I love this one. Like I said, Wowie zowie, Crooked Rain,
4: Science Enchanted, all probably in my top three. And honestly, they change spots depending on the listen. Probably just honestly, just based off recency bias.
3: This, yeah, yeah. This album is a gem, but only time will tell before it will be yeah this I, the gem. You kind of touched on it, but it kind of has. Speaking of Weezer.
4: It kind of had, like, a Pinkerton-type arc where, like, honestly... Mm-hmm. Also, fans didn't like it as well. Because um, I remember when I was first getting into Pavement, probably end of high school, beginning of college, um, I uh, I read an interview with, like, a music writer, and he was like, yeah, it's weird that all the young kids, like, Wowie Zowie, when we came out, every Pavement fan hated
3: it. I think Malcolmus has a quote saying he was at Easter dinner and people would ask, friends would ask him how much regret he felt for recording Wowie Zowie or something wow. like that. <laughs> like, that's so weird. Such an arc, right? That's so
4: that's so weird because yeah, I definitely started listening to Pavement into high school because I remember having to pick up my sister because I used to listen to like AT and T and Grave Architecture and Grounded in the parking lot while I waited for her, and it's like I don't know how like it definitely has its weird moments, and I think. For a Pavement album, it's slightly bloated, 18 songs, 56 mm. minutes. It's a bit long. Right. Um, but, like, it's it's honestly, it, I think it, it really is one of my favorites. I, I just don't see how any Pavement fan can hate it. Because, it honestly, it has its kind of jangly, clean moments, like on Crooked Rain, but it also has, like, a lot of fuzzy moments, right. like on Science and Enchanted. And it mixes those, like on Grounded a lot and i don't know how any pavement fan even at that time could have not liked it's it. like
2: it's like a sprawl i think i feel the same way about this album that i feel about the clashes fourth album right. sandinista which is three lps also mm-hmm. um that that is just it's like so overly long and they're just throwing everything at the wall that it's like do i often listen to it all at once no. Right. But listening to it all at once is a gratifying experience. Right. nonetheless. Nonetheless.
4: Absolutely. I do think wow, is that it was has a little bit more accessible to listen to at once. Oh, yeah. Def- denista, it's it's but...
2: definitely – it's like half the size, but – Yeah. <laughs> it, sim- similar in my mind. Yeah, I feel it. Yeah. 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 Is it, it's, it's just I, – I think I if, if I was to go back in time, I wouldn't take those pieces out of this album that I like right. less. And now that we're in this other dimension, who knows <laughs> – if we'll go back in time or something, I don't know. God. So unpredictable
3: this episode. Well, what's next on the list then? Alright, we, we gotta we gotta we gotta fight Thanos and find these stones. Yeah.
4: Whoa! I see I see off in the distance a bright light coming from what? that corner. Oh my god. I think we should go check
2: it out. Okay, let's go over there. Oh, you brought your horse, Brody. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What is it? Well, Ben, can you read it? It says... <laughs> Brighten the Corners.
4: Uh, it's their fourth album,
2: oh Brighten my the gosh. Corners. gosh mini-disc.
4: Like, oh, my God. Weird. And you know what? I'm so excited, because I do not have a lot to say about this one. <laughs> 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 Like, okay, I think definitely... It's definitely because again, fans are not like Wowie Zowie. Right. I think it's kind of like a step back. Like, hey, here's some more Crooked Rain esque yeah. goodness you've come to like. Mm-hmm. Um, it still has its weird moments, but the weird moments are very brief. Right. Like, like there are like like some weird like at the beginning of stereo and stuff like right. that. But like they're very they're very brief and quick, and they probably don't last more than like ten seconds. Okay. Um, and it has some great songs on it. It has my introduction to Pavement, because we were talking about it, uh, Starlings of the Slipstream.
3: Right. I heard what
0: you said, the leaders of dead,
4: So that, that was my influence because when I was younger and I wanted to get into music, I didn't want to be that guy who was listening to the number one song. So I looked at the number 10 most popular song because I'm <laughs> yeah. into the deep cuts. <laughs> the deepest cut, number 10. <laughs> but that was my introduction. And I just, I don't know. The, I just love that
3: chorus. It's just so sticky and oh. yeah. Those chords too is like very reminiscent of like some slow chord dusters type stuff. I that was going like, I was going to, oh. I've, I've been
4: <laughs> I've been I've been mentioning the word a lot but uh, this one definitely has a lot more jangly type things yeah. and because I found out today thank you Wikipedia the most best source
5: you're welcome
4: oh my
2: god Wikipedia <laughs> is over there what do they have <laughs> to multiverse is crazy oh
4: my god the multiverses are colliding Wikipedia right now. <laughs> is a man and he's over there <laughs> but um it has Mitch Easter who actually oh Produced
2: REM's first few albums, Mitch Easter. Uh, he, he never got popular as an artist, but mm-hmm. his band Let's Active is good, fucking great. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So he he is very much associated with the Jangle scene. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So actually. this has its harder moments and its fuzzier mo- moments as any pavement mm-hmm. release does, but I think this is definitely a, a lot more like stuff like Gold Sounds or range Life that are very. Relaxed and jangly. It has some classics on here. "Song to the Strip" slipstream, which you heard. "Stereo" is a classic. Yes. That's my favorite. Oh, what's that? "Shady Lane." "Shady Lane." That's another classic. <laughs> I mean, it has it has some pavement staples in here. But I guess the only thing I can like, there's nothing of note. It's just like a solid. Like,
2: hey, we're sorry for the weird one last time. Right. <laughs> it's kind of their green album, except not. Totally dreadfully boring, like the yes, Green Album. It's unlike the Green Album. It's a it's
4: a good album.
2: Yes, <laughs> like okay, I guess, okay. like it's
4: just like it's just solid
2: album. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. Uh, and and the last album that we're going to talk about is my final one and Pavement's final album to date. Right. Never know. They're going on tour. That could lead to something. Yeah, maybe we'll find some evidence in here of them doing another album (laughs) but uh terror twilight their final album the band was very fraught when this was made um lots of controversy they had at this point gotten sick of each other uh as you heard from the anecdote earlier the the uh, famous handcuffs anecdote um but somehow that doesn't translate to the music Mm -hmm. um in listening to it, I I've listened to albums by bands who are about to break up. It, it's always a pretty painful experience. Yeah, and it usually results in relatively uninspired music. Well, I think I think it's really interesting. It's it's like
4: either like people clashing, like the like the dysfunctional band, either leads to like some of the best music. Rumors, rumors, bug, bug, mm-hmm. um. Pink Floyd as a whole, <laughs> um, or it leads to some of the worst music. But you talk about *Terror Twilight*. I don't know. Yeah, where I, that lands. I, I was
2: yeah. I was really uh, impressed by this album actually. Mm-hmm. Up to when we started preparing for this episode, I knew the first song and the last song. First mm-hmm. song we'll be playing later. Uh, the last song is uh, *Carrot Rope*, obviously, mm-hmm. which I'm going to play in a second. Um, but there's lots to love here, honestly. *Major Leagues* is a great song. Uh, *You Are a Light*. Billy and Don't Cry, the Hex. Like it's not their top album, mm-hmm. but it's pretty great. I think I think there's
4: also a lot of comparisons to the Beatles with one, just because of the dysfunction towards the end, and also they picked an interesting producer for this one. They picked Nigel Godrich, which I'm sure Ben is going to love. This is Radiohead's producer, yeah. <laughs> which. I think it's very a very interesting choice. I don't think it's a bad choice. It's an interesting choice because this comes after OK Computer which is a very right. very famously like clean and pristine album which right. like again we have talked about the cleaner pavement songs but that's never really been their
3: MO. No. Um I mean, you could make comparisons to like Pablo Honey, like very guitar heavy mm-hmm. stuff but uh as far as that goes that yeah. was that was nowhere near the type of stuff that Nigel was working on at the time
4: yeah and I guess I'd just bring up the Beatles because of Let It be and uh, Phil Specter right. right at the end so it was just right. like a very interesting pick an out of the box
2: pick I, and yeah. i think uh in this case i i have never had a problem with his production uh, I'd more have a problem with songwriting when it comes to radiohead but um to that that's a... Talk for another day, (laughs) another episode. If we can ever get out of the pavement multiverse, yeah. (laughs) But I I think how are you even talking about other episodes? (laughs) Yeah, I can't even think about that right now. But um, Terror Twilight, I think is it's it's shiny and kind of glossy, but I think it works with the crop of songs that they have. Mm -hmm. And I think I know that this album doesn't. It doesn't really have like a good or bad name, really with pavement fans. Maybe it's just kind of minor. Yeah. Do people? Do you know Brody? Do people generally.
4: I think. I think if you were to see it on a list, it'd probably rank in the lower thing, just because I don't think it's bad. I don't think there's a bad pavement release. It's just like, it just is kind of just like it. It's not really ending
2: with like a bang or like right. a masterpiece. It's just kind of ending with a. Eh. Yeah, and I was thinking this, this relative to everything else, this might be like their lowest key album mm-hmm. because they never really rock on this at all right like there's there's maybe one song uh that that like the hex can the hex rocks a little bit but other than that Mm -hmm. and they really don't and that's the second to last song on the album so Mm -hmm. but i'm going to play a little bit of End carrot rope which is my pick because i i only heard this for the first time uh like maybe end of 2020 yeah and i was shocked because this doesn't really sound like anything else of theirs i think mostly due to the production yeah. and I, it doesn't sound like anything else I've heard so
0: I wanna set it's my second hand wonder a thing that recovers the doubt slim like the rain
1: Gotta do what you
0: want Assemble at the car Slim Door It's alright to shake To fight to feel Slim Door It's alright to shake To fight to feel Harness your hopes To the folks With the liquor With the ropes Red, red ropes Periscopes They got Everything you will ever need stored under the chair Simmer, Simmer, Simmer down Simmer, Simmer, Simmer down Waste your precious breath explaining that you are worthwhile Simmer, Simmer, Simmer down Simmer, Simmer, Simmer down
2: I challenge you to figure out what that song's about because I have no idea. I I think that's most (laughs) pavements. Yeah, honestly, I I don't know if Stephen Malcolm is. I'm sorry. knows what most of his songs mean, yeah, I think it it just kind of <laughs> comes the the lyrics come here out of the pavement multiverse yeah <laughs> oh wait, no, I just figured out there's a carrot rope over there now I know what it is <laughs> it's indescribable, I can't even tell you, but I know what it is now, and yes. we're in the pavement multiverse, and they cut off all my hair. it was not like this
4: beforehand, oh but he's <laughs> bald now in the pavement
2: multiverse uh. So, I mean, we've talked about every pavement album now. Are we going to get our first fight scene of this multiversal epic? Um, I think the gem is Wowie Zowie. Uh, oh, I think the gem is uh, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. Uh, I think the gem is Fuck
3: you, you're wrong. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> Wow! Ouchie! Psh, psh, psh. Oh God! Wowy, wowy! Oh no! Hurt. Now I'm
4: enjoying it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, At the end of the day, Ben, we have decided the hidden gem, the first stone of the pavement gauntlet, is uh, watery pre- domestic. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, I don't. Uh, the, I mean, objectively, it's probably crooked rain. But. Objectively,
2: it's crooked rain, crooked rain, and I let mean, it be told—it's coming down out of the sky, or actually, the Shh. ground. I think the sky and the ground are opposite in this dimension. <laughs> <laughs> it has merged. Oh my with gosh! The it gauntlet it it became it? a part of Michael's hand.
4: Yes, oh. visual gags for this audio oh. drama.
2: <laughs> oh my god!
3: <laughs> oh no, mm. we're being transformed. Whoa! Into
2: it's Stephen Malcolmus! Oh my god, we're going... We're going deeper into the... We're in like a Stephen Malcolmus Megazord. Diverse. Oh my god, here we go! <laughs> Something's happening! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> wow, now we're here. Wait, what's wrong with your hair? Oh my gosh, it's... You look like
3: Stephen Malcolmus! Shorter. <laughs> Slightly shorter. Brody, have... Wait, why am I so tall? Why am I'm I- the short one of the group. Why am I so skinny? <laughs> and why? also have hair. <laughs> it looks like we've all become copies of Stephen Malcolmus. What? Thanos? What do we have to do now?
2: Now you must figure out the infinity stone of Stephen Malcolmus' solo career. But this one's a lot less pressure. Sure. Solo career. Solo career. The Stephen Malcolm Stone. (laughs) What is first on the list? Oh my gosh. Well, I guess maybe... Okay. So it's probably not worth going over his entire solo career. It's It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. But maybe we can each choose an album from his solo career and talk about that. Okay. Would that appease you, Thanos? I guess so. <laughs> you should have gone for the head. All right, I guess, I guess we're uh, good to go. Yeah. Uh, let's talk. What, what, what do you, you... You go first, Michael. Yeah, it okay. makes sense.
3: Well, it, may, it only makes sense I'm going first because we're going to talk about Stephen Malcolmus's self-titled album released in 2001. And quite possibly, in my opinion, we talk about the variation of Pavement Records. I think this could be considered one of the most coherent pieces of music Malcolmus has ever released. I believe the goal of this album was to get ideas as fully fleshed out as possible. And that could be a good or a bad thing, depending on where you're going with it. Because while every composition is really impressive there's not as much variation as you would get on a pavement release so malcolmist sounds more confident in his songwriting than ever which is awesome i love all the singles um but it can be hard to listen to this album all in one sitting at least in my experience it brings me back to something like bob mold's discography when i explored that with andrew back in the day both of them superb indie rockers in their time that decided to go solo for the purpose of improving songwriting and having that artistic freedom to do whatever they wanted the argument can be made however that what made these guys so uh great to begin with was the contrasting ideas that their fellow band members brought in the first place which i think is something we can discuss after we hear my favorite song off this album vague space get ready for some steel drums a guilty pleasure of mine
0: now Do you really care what and why or how I came to crave your spastic touch The honest ways you move's too much Before we could change we could levitate race mistakes of the forest grace Fermented minds could make them shake.
2: I love those. The steel drums, man. That makes me so happy. I understand. Oh, so two things. First of all, you should check out uh, the S.O. Trinidad Steel Band. It's a band made entirely of steel drums. Oh. Um, and they cover uh, I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 and 8 Man by the Kinks. Pretty good.
3: Okay.
2: Um, and then for the listener, remember, we all now look Vaguely reminiscent of Stephen Malcolmus, and we are in, as Brody said, and I don't want this to get lost, the Stephen Malcomus Megazord. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> we must co- use our collective energies to figure out what is the best Stephen Malcomus release. Tell me why I might be right or wrong. Um, this is the best. I
4: think. I think of a solo. This is definitely a contender for the best or one of the best. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of, he's still kind of fresh off his like creativity with pavement, yeah. you know. Like he isn't like some, not that he is currently, but he isn't like he's like a washed up rock star trying to like you know shoehorn a solo career, right? Like he's still kind of fresh off that, uh, that you know creativity with pavement, and I and it has a lot of, and you're right, it's very cohesive. I mean, it, I, when I, I listened to some uh, Steve Malcolm
3: solo stuff over the summer, this one definitely was a standout. Do you kind of get the argument I was making before, though, where like you can tell that this album was put together without any artistic barriers, which is great and what every artist strives for. But I really think what made Pavement so amazing with those releases is that there was some discourse going
2: on. Well, you can see uh, Stephen trying to kind of figure out, uh, like what he wants to do. What he wants to do, right? Because he's. As far as I know, uh, up until this point he had been in bands like consistently and basically only so while he was probably doing some songwriting on his own or something, mm-hmm. um, the vast majority of his music career had been in collaboration with other people, not you know being at the the for the, the creative, the the head of the class or yeah. telling everyone else what to do,
3: <laughs> right, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, I, I, I keep realizing where Stephen Malkmus Megazord <laughs> Giant flannel. <laughs> well, it, you know, as a whole, what were you, some of the standout tracks for you guys?
2: Uh, Church, was it Church on
3: White? Is that the yeah. song? Yeah, that's that's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. If
2: I had to pick my favorite, um, I really like Pink India. Okay. Oh, that's another good one. Yes, I think that's a pretty one good are,
3: song. One of the first Stephen Malkmus solo songs I had ever heard, I yeah. think. And and then we go on to the Jicks and, and everything that comes in there. But I think this is a really standout album just for the amount of creativity that he takes on this one. It, it's true. When artists get the... There's there's no more barriers and no more contention. They, they really do have the opportunity to make some amazing stuff. I think the only flaw with this one is that sometimes uh, from what we've known of Pavement so far... Is the sporadicness and and the variation um, is part is one element that made them stand out from the rest. Right. So when we get when we get Stephen by himself, it's a, it can be a little jarring.
2: I could see it being a little bland or boilerplate yes. for someone coming from pavement.
3: Right? Yeah,
4: but I, I do think it's like a, a, a maturation yeah. of that kind of sound. Right.
2: This yeah, you're starting to hear him age a little bit. I think. Yeah. Well, what is next? What uh, What is next is uh, Real Emotional Trash with Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks. Okay. Something important to uh, notice and to note with Stephen Malcolmus' solo career is he kind of pulled a Paul McCartney mm-hmm. where he did one album, or I guess Paul did two, kind of, but he, he, does, an, he does a record by himself and then he's like, uh, I need to get back in a band. So <laughs> he gets the Jicks together, which have kind of, I don't know how consistent their membership has been. I don't know if it's been sort of a revolving door thing like some of these side projects can be like Wings was with Paul McCartney or if it's been a more consistent membership. But they've done a lot together. Uh, This album, Real Emotional Trash from 2008, uh, is I think, considered to just be in the mix with their stuff i don't know so there, there's five jicks albums well just because you mentioned it actually yeah. the only not consistent uh member has been the drummer okay but so the
4: bassist and keyboardist has been consistent all right so he
2: did put together a relatively consistent band though. yeah um I, I don't think real emotional trash is at least according to spotify popularity i don't know if it's considered up there with a lot of his other stuff um the song i'm gonna play is and i would be remiss not to play this song because i have what i thought was uh, blatantly ripped it off for one of our songs <laughs> <laughs> um it's i don't think it's as blatant uh as it seems but go go find our soundcloud and listen to listen to this then find our soundcloud and just like click through and see if any of it sounds like this to you and if it doesn't i guess i did my job um great artists steal and i guess that's what i'm trying to do but this is a, a bit of Gardenia, which is definitely the most single-ready song from Real Emotional Trash. I
0: kinda like the way you dot your chain Can you cook a three-course meal Or are you just a present Waiting to be opened up And parceled out again Hey! Well, you are a gardenia Dressed in the campaign journal In the rucksack of a nap.
2: Yeah, so uh, maybe not an exact rip-off, but definitely stylistically similar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Susie Screwball, go find it. Uh, but this this album, along with a lot of his other stuff, I think there's, there's lots to hear here. Uh, I like, there's some, like Dragonfly Pie is a song where the lyrics are kind of stupid, but the music is so great that it makes up for it. Mm-hmm. Um, cold sun is really great real emotional trash is kind of the centerpiece of the album although it only comes four tracks in a uh, 10 minute like big neil young-esque jam right um that's definitely that, that would be like the the other big standout for me other than gardenia but i think i i i will say i don't i i am sure for me at least this is not the Malkfinity stone uh, of of his career
4: Malkfinity I, I don't know
2: <laughs> <laughs> The Jickfinity Stone yeah. but I think I think it's a good album nonetheless
3: Can we can we spell out as we continue here what do you believe uh Malchemist was trying to accomplish in terms of differences between pavement and the jicks um, do you think there were some conscious sonic decisions that he was making
2: I mean I think I think you can hear his song structuring change mm. once he goes solo. I think there's a a vast amount less of that atonality. Mm-hmm. Um, at least there's there are still atonal elements to some of his stuff, but they're used sparingly. Yeah, and and. If they're used, they're not going to take up an entire song, like something like Serpentine Pad. I feel like the songs are just a lot more straightforward. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's not. He's not really experimenting. He's just. It, it feels a lot more like let's make a good album.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I don't think he's trying to. Like, I like a lot of Steve and Malcolm's solo albums. I don't think they are going to be like you know like fond over for decades like right. pavement and like hailed as these influential magnum opuses i just think you know it's cool that he's still making some
2: solid albums yeah just some good rock and roll music honestly i don't think he's trying to set the world on fire or anything like that
3: do you feel like that's partly due to his influences that he was collecting during this time from things like country folk singer songwriter western kind of things that that sort of
2: simplified his music i can see that that approach i think you definitely start hearing how different it is when you when he returns to his solo career, which mm. we're not really going to talk about today, but like his most recent album was entirely acoustic, which is probably as experimental as he's sounded in years, just because of the vast variety of instruments on it. Right. But I I think, yeah, I think he's just content. I mean, he seems to have kind of gotten all that experimentation out of him, you mm-hmm. know? Like, like he's content to just make some records and have fun and go on tour yeah. and just kind of do it which I really admire
4: yeah I, I don't I, he's just, just doing some cool stuff well let's hear some more cool stuff Brody the
2: coo- pr- the coolest stuff I would say yeah so
4: Sparkle Hard 2018 yeah. still a recent pr- record still mm-hmm. proves he's got some cool stuff like left in him and this is my favorite track Kite it's kind of funky I like it not this intro though.
2: <laughs> oh yeah Parliament?
4: It took took a little longer to get to the funky part I was talking about. It's like, this song is like, this song is Funkalicious, and it sounds like an Elliott Smith song. (laughs) Oh, so funky. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Sparkle Hard, I think, is probably, of his 2010s release, probably the gem Mm, of the the group. It's,
2: It's truly a fabulous album. Yeah,
4: and I think, I still think of... Objectively, probably his debut self-titled is probably his best. I think this is probably
3: top five, yes. or top three solo for for me. And I think objectively, do you feel like in the past, uh, what this would be uh, three years, three four years that this came out, um, mm. it's gotten the respect it needed um, from fans and and followers alike. I
4: think it's pretty well. It, accepted seems, it and, seems it's well liked. Yeah, yeah well liked by pavement and Steve Malcolm's fans.
2: But I don't think there's any Steve Malcolm's fans who don't like pavement. Right. <laughs> I think. I think also so you said last three or four years that's something to address with him is like this album came out and then his next solo album is uh the most experimental he's been in his yeah, entire career. it's like yeah, are, yeah. We, are we seeing electronic are we seeing a steve malcolm's renaissance i think so honestly yeah. at least this this three album period is he made what is he made his best album with the jicks in my opinion mm-hmm. and then he made a super interesting electric or electronic album, which I know had been percolating for a few years, yeah. but the yeah. label wouldn't release it mm-hmm. uh, until they just eventually did. Um, and then the album after that was entirely acoustic and also pretty weird, yeah. even song structure wise. So, yeah, I, I think a, at least he he put out a pretty crazy trilogy of great stuff. I don't know if if that creativity will continue, but I can only hope so. Well, I think. For
3: that reason alone, we can use our collective mind juices as the Steve Malcolm's megazord to decide (laughs) the hidden gem of Steve Malcolm's solo. Shh. My gosh, my head is growing really big. Brain blast, Jimmy Neutron. (laughs) Yeah, my head is huge. (laughs) (laughs) Bed. The the stone is hidden in your mind.
2: Oh my god. Let, Let me look in here. Oh, here it is. What is? I can't. Let me r- wipe the brain off of it. What? I, what is the stone? <laughs> uh... It's a CD.
4: Oh, okay. What is it? Uh, sparkle hard. Oh my God! It's yes. sparkle hard. Oh, I thought add it so. to the gauntlet. <laughs> Oh, my
3: God. <laughs> wow. The
4: the Steve Malcolmus Megazord is it's now crumbling.
3: crumbling. It's crumbling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's crumbling. Oh, we're back to normal. But wait, where so, are we getting transported to now? <laughs>
1: ah!
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Whoa. It's so desolate. so sad here. It's like an empty desert. We're in a lower level of the pavement verse, I feel like. Oh. It's almost like we're—it's a nostalgic, very melancholy verse. Verse
2: back in time. Where are we, Ben? I think we'll have to wait till part two to find out. <gasps>
5: takes. Whenever it's real, whatever awaits. Whatever you
1: need,
5: however so slight. Whenever it's real, whenever it's right. I've been thinking long and hard about the things you said to me. Like a bitter stranger. do yeah. yeah.